Hello, and welcome to Motivational Madness in Less Than Eight Minutes, the podcast dedicated to the study and function of living a self-driven and self-directed life. I'm Herbert Ricardo, and here we will discuss what drives us to achieve and how we can stay focused and energized on what we do. In today's segment, we will explore Richard Florida's classic book, The Rise of the Creative Class, which was first published in 2002 and updated several times since. It's an excellent document outlining the value and necessity and the impact of creativity, entrepreneurship on the individual, their work, the community, and country. His compelling position leaves one with a hunger and drive to see life and the world in a different light. It's not a matter of your vocation in life, your personal thought on creativity. Most of us possess the ability to either want to do something different or in a better way or solve a problem. And it's the challenge we give ourselves which drives us to become more creative and innovative in various areas. Mr. Florida states, This book describes the emergence of a new social class. If you're a scientist, engineer, architect, or designer, or writer, artist, or musician, or if you see your creativity as a key factor in your work or in business, education, healthcare, law, or some other profession, you are a member. With 38 million members, more than 30% of the nation's workforce, the creative class has shaped and will continue to shape deep and profound shifts in the way we work, in the values and desires, and in the fabric of our everyday life. Another passage from his book, Human creativity is the ultimate economic resource, the ability to come up with new ideas and better ways of doing things, is ultimately what raises productivity and thus standards of living. Here, Floridia states that creativity is the ultimate economic resource. And we know this to be true from our historic perspective, from the many American inventions, our dedication to science and engineering. For decades, other countries tried to emulate our creativity, our passion to design a better life. But it's our focus on the future, not the past, that has moved us so quickly in the last century. We have helped countries build their communities, and in the last 40 years, many have achieved a greater standard of living for their citizens because they incorporated innovation and creativity into their workforce. In the next passage, he talks about the level of satisfaction creative people get from doing the work they want in a way that makes sense to them, and thus create new programs, products, and services, and ultimately are rewarded well through their compensation. And you will also see that he adds the characteristic of value. So here is Richard Florida. Not only do creative workers earn much more on average than the large number of people who do low-end service work, they also get to do more enjoyable work, and they contribute more by adding creative value, and that's why they are paid highly. In one of his chapters, he speaks about the value of the three T's, 
technology, talent, and tolerance, and coins it the creative capital theory. Of course, in today's arena, you must have technological resources via hardware and software, talented people who are capable, and a community of tolerance to new creative and innovative thinking. But only having one or two is not good enough. It's a combination of the three working in conjunction that creates the creative capital. Richard Florida says, Creativity comes from people, and while people can be hired and fired, their creative capacity cannot be bought or sold, turned on or off at will. This is why, for an instance, we see the emergence of a new order in the workplace. Hiring for diversity, once a matter of legal compliance, has become a matter of economic survival because creativity comes in all colors, genders, and personal preferences. Now, I really love this point. It reminds me when I teach my management course about the role of the manager and the organization's responsibility to create a working environment that is open to new ideas, thoughts, and diversity and change. We need to design environments where individuals can cultivate their creative juices, nurture and allow them to thrive, and this is where we develop those products and services for our customers. Florida talks about beyond the dollar. Yes, we all work for money and there's no mystery there. But beyond the dollar, there are all these intrinsic values we feel about doing something that we love. Number one, we love challenges and taking responsibility for our achievements and failures. Number two, we seek flexibility to do the work on our time and our way. Number three, when working in a stable working environment and relatively secure job, we don't need to stress about job security. Number four, a fair level of compensation reward is what we've learned to expect. Number five, opportunity for professional development and to learn and train so we are more skilled. Number six, peer recognition, working with a supportive group to include stimulating colleagues and managers. Number seven, excitement in our job content to stimulate us. Number eight, organizational culture, the creation of the environment which helps us feel comfortable. And number nine, living in a location and community that matches our values and ability to make our environment better. I recommend Richard Florida's book, The Rise of the Creative Class. As you can see, it is a platform of ideas which can help us see the world in a more creative light, thus stimulating our needs to be more creative in our life. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm Dr. Herbert Ricardo, professor and lecturer of workplace psychology, organizational behavior, and the author of Workplace Culture in the 21st Century, How Our Work Defines Us and Shapes Our Society. If you know someone who can benefit from our series, please share. So stay well, work hard, and remember, make someone's day. Until next time.